Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas! We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back, Raider Nation. It is time for Silver and Black today, the live post-game edition the Raiders, of course, uh, not a great one to watch. 31-13, to the Kansas City Chiefs. This game really over by halftime, so we'll get into a little bit of the game. But the season is over. The Raiders now uh, finish at 6-11. and It's now a big season of off-season of, off, uh, off of change, I should say. And joining me, as always, here on the post-game show uh, is my good friend who, who as he logged in, to take part in the show, I noticed changed his name to Sad Sack Murph. Uh, Murph, I have to say, you told told me before we went on the air that you had a a, a, a watch party at your place for a bunch of Raider fans, and uh, always good time. And you never have a bad time when you're around Raider fans. But then the game started, my friend. What happened? Oh man, yeah, that's when it all went downhill. As soon as we kicked off, and yeah, we had Music City Raider Nation out. Uh, for a watch party and uh, appreciate president of that booster club bam raider and and uh and all those folks of, of music city raider nation we had an absolute blast and we still got a few folks uh hanging around in the fan cave as we're going live here on silver and black today and but you know yeah so you know raider nation's undefeated when it comes to a party right like when it comes to a tailgate <laughs> thank the goodness always great the company's always great and thank goodness because the football was awful and uh yeah the vibes were uh pretty low pretty low we're all kind of in our feelings right now 
I understand that some liquid therapy, I'm sure, was had by all. Uh, but this game, Murph, I want to get your reaction to it because obviously last week, the way the Raiders played against the 49ers, taking them to overtime, was a good game. We talked about it on the postgame last week. Jared Stidham in his first game did re- real well, so we were looking forward to seeing what he could do against the Chiefs, which the Chiefs defense, a good defense, but more middle-of-the-road defense, not as touted, highly touted as the 49ers defense, but boy, from the get go, uh, it just looked like boy, the tape on Jared Stidham got out after that first game and the chiefs really played to that. They also were able to shut down uh, Josh Jacobs pretty well in the pursuit of his title for rushing the rushing title in the NFL this year. Hopefully he keeps on, holds on to it. But um, you look at this game from the get go. It di- it didn't seem like everybody was in sync. Uh, I saw a lot of coaching issues. I think we'll get into in just a few minutes. But overall, and I I don't think it was purposeful. But it just seemed as though that some of the players, uh, offensive line, um, like they were already on vacation. Yeah, you know, I I mentioned that our vibes were low. Well, it seemed like the Raiders' vibes were low too. You know, one of the often things that we've talked about this season in terms of criticism has been body language and, you know, and, and, and whatnot. And it seemed to be like those things started to correct themselves, but certainly not there. It showed back up again in, in this game. And, you know, one of the things I think we talked about it going into the Niner game, that it was going to be curious to see, like, considering the decision that was made around, you know, our former quarterback, like mm-hmm. what was going to be the energy level, what was going to be the response from the team. And we came out of the gate and had a phenomenal game. I know we didn't win the game Raider nation. I get it. And that's the only thing that counts, but in terms of the optics of the game and the body language and whatnot, it was pretty positive. And so to not see that carry over then uh, into this week was surprising. And then I, I don't know. I, I wonder if, you know, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, but I wonder mm-hmm. if the, the atmosphere had anything to do with it because mm. that atmosphere was certainly felt across the TV, let alone being there in the stadium and let alone being a player on the team. Uh, and it looks like you're in an away game. So I, I don't know. I just, I think there's a, it's very interesting the way that this team has gone up and down, but you know what? And this is something else we were kind of talking about is that like, this is what Raiders football has been for the majority of the last 20 years. And none of us can figure out why we can change literally owners. We can change quarterbacks. We can change coaching staffs we can change cities we play in we can change anything but the results are the same it seems like once we start to get to some momentum that things revert it's not even one step forward and two steps back it's like three or four steps back and i just don't understand it none of us do scott and i mean we're not we're not pros we're not film buffs we're not journalists we're not you know former players i I, just Mm -hmm. fans someone and I don't know if there's a science to it or not, but it's it's fascinating to me that this team can't get their crap together for consecutive things in a row. Whatever those maybe consecutive plays or consecutive seasons or consecutive games. We can't do anything in a row. We never do. And it's, it blows our mind. Yeah. And listen, I, I think there's been a lot of because of the success and I say the success off the field, the Raiders moving to Las Vegas. Although we'll talk about the fans in the stands tonight, because that is a big issue um, that has slowly actually in, in some ways grown to be a bigger issue than it was even last year um, is, is the fact that you, and I always say this and most Mo and I said on the show this week too, Murph, which was like, <clears throat> you can't overcome bad organizations or bad ownership. So listen, with all due respect to the late great Al Davis hall of fame, we all know what he did. But towards the end, we all know he was struggling with his health. He wasn't exactly himself. Struggled towards the end of his tenure as owner of the Raiders. That's when kind of the decline started. 
And Mark Davis, for the most part, has not been able to find it either. And so there was all sorts of issues around that. There was all sorts of reasons, one of them being, well, we can't really compete because we can't create revenue. We don't have the stadium. We don't have this, which was the whole reason they were looking to get out of Oakland when Oakland wouldn't build them something. So they get to Vegas and now they're rolling in the dough. I know some of you still believe that Mark Davis is is poor and can't you know buy anything. It's not true. But anyway, they, they have seemingly everything they need to now be successful. And then we go through the Gruden grind of what happened there. And again, to your point as fans, you, you all get excited. Everybody's back. The coach is back new stadium. This, then you get COVID, then you get the emails and you get all this stuff and he's fired. So it's, it's been one folly after the other. And so I understand the, the, the frustration with Raider nation, because just as it seems as though you're turning the corner, you turn the corner and it's another brick wall, right? I mean, is that how it feels? Oh, absolutely at how it feels. And, and, you know, and I don't necessarily agree with the, all the open criticism that a lot of members of Raider Nation have for Mark Davis. I think that Mark Davis is a much different owner than Al. And as, as you just noted about towards the end of Al's tenure, when he was, you know, he's the de facto GM of the team and he's signing a lot of bad contracts. He's assigning a lot of dead money to the team. He's hampering their ability to, to really be competitive from a salary cap standpoint. And Reggie McKenzie spends the first two years of his career with the Raiders cleaning up all that stuff. So like Al was different. Mark has assigned football people to do football things. Al was the football guy, and Al made a lot of the decisions directly. Mark Davis has approached, again, I mentioned Reggie McKenzie. Right. He's Dave Ziegler, Mike Mayock, like whatever. Like there's a, been a numerous amount of people that he's brought in to do football things. Now, you can, be, you can certainly question the, the people that he's brought in, but look at who his close advisors are. He's sitting in the booth with Charles Woodson tonight. He's got Marcel Reese there. I mean, like he's got voices. Mm from people that are very knowledgeable and understanding on how championship franchises are, 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 are molded, built, and operated. I don't believe this idea that Mark is a folly in this thing. Mm. I just don't understand why, for whatever reason, it just hasn't come together. Because I think that when you look at the blueprint, he's done the right things. Like he's, you could, again, I say it, we saw it tonight. Charles Woodson is a, literally a voice in his ear telling and pointing things out on the on the jumbotron you, you know and i don't know what those conversations i would love to know what those conversations are <laughs> love to know what charles has to say but like could you trust anybody's input more than charles freaking woodson when it comes to the raiders like you know what i'm saying so like yeah. it's not like mark is like just picking some dopey folks off the street to come in and, pull, and run the organization that's not what the case is you look at the way when he hired sandra douglas morgan like perfect person to come in here and run this football team so i so to have it, I don't believe necessarily that it's a trickle down from a dysfunctional thing going on at the top. And I think that that Raider Nation, I think that that's a quick thing to point at. And mm -hmm. I get it, common ground. I totally get it. But like, as you said, it's different. Al's tenure was way different than what Mark's tenure has been. But at the end of the day, the results are the same. So no matter what, and this is what we say on our show uh, all the time, that when it comes to critics of the Raiders, until they start winning, they're right. 
Yeah. It doesn't matter what no. wild ass theory you come up with. Doesn't matter who you point your finger at. Doesn't right. matter anything because the results are negative. So it it validates everyone's opinion that's in criticism of the Raiders. And and so you know you can't really argue against it. There's no right until we start winning freaking football games, and then we can freaking no. push. Back. No, it's true until it's not. Right. I mean, it's pretty yeah, simple. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I think I, I you bring up a good point because a lot of people over the last two weeks, especially since the 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 situation with the quarterback was, oh, this is so dysfunctional. And I understand the dysfunction. The dysfunction has come from hirings and firings, right, especially on the football side. Um, although if you look at a lot of NFL teams, with the exception of maybe the handful of teams who remain consistent, uh, there that happens in all those franchises too. They just happen to have some more success. So to your point, I mean, I, I talked about it last week where I said Mark Davis said – he actually said, listen, I've grown. He said this last year, uh, and when he brought on Ziegler and McDaniels, he said, look, I've grown. I've now learned a lot. I made a lot of mistakes, but now I know I need to trust the football people. Now, Raider Nation out there doesn't believe that the football people know what they're doing because this year hasn't been successful. I think they're, while they're true for this year, I don't think that you can go off of this one season and say that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are complete busts. Now, Josh McDaniels, he's going to feel some hot seat next year, uh, I think, uh, Murph, when you think about it, because he's going to come out. If he starts 0-5, let me tell you, it, it, it could all be oh, over. Yeah, right? no Which more excuses. I, yeah. No more excuses. And tonight was another example, I thought, I thought from a preparation. You saw Andy Reid. I understand how you all out there in Raider Nation feel about the Chiefs. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. But Andy Reid's a good coach. Andy Reid was basically just dangling him around his finger. You saw his players go out and do ring around the rosy in the huddle, which was incredibly disrespectful. And, you know, but the Raiders were powerless to do anything about it. Now, if you could punch somebody in the mouth, i.e. had a defense that could play at a high level, then you could have. But the reality was the Chiefs knew. They just knew that this team wasn't going to be able to do it. And, and that's the thing that I, I was arguing with people tonight on Twitter about Derek Carr, because all these people want to see the Raiders fail because they feel Derek Carr was disrespected, which is weird to me that you want your team to fail over that. But number two, it misses the bigger point, right? Which is, yes, there's problems all over the place. Okay, so you're missing the problem. It's not one problem. It wasn't one quarterback's fault. It wasn't the defense's only fault, the significant part of it. Uh, the offense failed. The coaching failed. So you look at what happened with Las Vegas this year, and the fact is, Murph, and you and I have talked about it a million times for 18 weeks in a row now, as a matter of fact, that that this team has had multiple levels of failure. We can identify pretty much what they need to do, 
And now they just got to go out and do it. And until they show us what they're going to do, you can't say they won't be able to or they will be able to until they start making these moves. Yeah, and I think that, you know, looks in the in the first chip to fall was benching our our last quarterback. And, yeah. you know, like you, like you said perfectly there, Scott, it, no, it wasn't the problem. And and I think that a lot of times we kind of want to get in one lane and we want to point to one thing. There are multiple things that are problems, okay? They're going on with this football team. But like it or not, quarterback is the most important position in the entire, you know, scope of, of team sports. And so when you have a quarterback that has had questionable success, whether you like it or not, whether you're a fan or not, the results are questionable. The numbers are there, sure, but the results are questionable. Well, as long as the results are questionable, then it's time to make a move. If anything was the theme coming out of this game that was a common point of discussion for all of us here in the fan cave was and I hate to say this, and I hate that I'm going to say it on this show, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is on his way to becoming the greatest quarterback in football. He's mm-hmm. probably the greatest passer that's ever existed. He's better than Dan Marino, better than Daryl LaMonica. He's better than freaking Aaron Rodgers. Like, he's, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, because of the way he's, okay. So knowing that that's the case, that we have to play this guy twice in a row, who's never lost a division game on the road. Never. He is 16 and 0 Raider Nation and <laughs> playing on the road. So if your quarterback has any kind of a question, nope, time to move on. It's time to do something else. So that was the first piece to fall. Are there other areas to address? Yes. Oh, yeah. Is Jared oh, yeah. Stidham the answer? Probably not. Will he be in the mix for next year? Probably so. And 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 I caught some heat tonight on Twitter to be like people t- run taking runs at us about what we said about Stidham. I don't back up on any of that. Jared no. Stidham is going to be part of the conversation next yes. year. Does yes. that mean he's going to be competing for a starting job? I don't know. Right. Maybe in camp or something. But like nobody's got any delusions that he's going out and you know going to going to set passing records. And when we talk about the legend of City, it's jokes. So lighten it's up, Francis. You know what I mean? Like it's easy with that stuff in Twitter. But um. Oh. <laughs> the like, stripes i love the stripes reference are you kidding me that was great oh such a great movie um and you're the big toe around here scott <laughs> i'm sorry um, holka <laughs> but yeah so i mean like like i think that that's the first of the big moves because look at yeah. what we have to compete with and yeah you're right they punt us that ring around the rosy crap like they called their shot that was Babe Ruth pointing out into left field and freaking taking it for a ride and walking the base. They knew exactly what they were doing. They knew how it was going to work, and they knew that they had the Raiders' number. And like, there's, I mean, that was embarrassing. I'm, they I mean, did. It's, it was, it's incredible. I mean, it's national news. People who don't even follow the Raiders, just follow the NFL, are retweeting it and talking about it because it was so ridiculous. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about. The game, some of the stats, some of what happened, what didn't happen. We'll also talk about something I tweeted out earlier, too, about the number of Chiefs fans at Allegiant Stadium, a story that also broke earlier, too, about Mark Davis not being happy with opposing fans taking over Allegiant Stadium. So we'll come back and talk about that. You're with Murph and Scott here on Silver and Black today. This is the postgame edition of the show. If you're watching us on video, we'll be right back in a second. If you're listening to us on audio, we will be back right after this break. Don't go anywhere.